So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing season two, episode six of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Angela finds out weight loss surgery might be more than she can chew, Asuelu continues to be on his best behavior, Natalie makes some more accusations about Mike's friends, Brandon becomes the self-appointed killer of Julia's dreams, the family Libby gets into it over Andre's loan ask, and Tiffany and Ronald show up with Tiffany thinking divorce. We're also covering Before the 90 Days Season 1 on this channel. This week, we'll be finishing up by covering Episodes 13 and the tell-all. You can watch along with us on, well, just Discovery Plus for now. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you doing today on this weekend? I know. I'm kind of tired because we're recording super late on Sunday because yeah. I have things to do tomorrow. Right. Yeah. It's uh, different for us. I kind of like it because it's fresh in our mind. It is very fresh, very fresh in our minds. Um, so let's let's just jump right in. Let's start up. Let's talk with a couple that's not fresh in our minds because they're new from last week. We didn't see them last week. Mm-hmm. That's Tiffany and Ronald. So Tiffany, who is 29 from Frederick, Maryland, is being interrupted trying to make her YouTube makeup tutorial by her daughter, Carly, who is a year old. She also has a son named Daniel that is 10. She tells us that when she gave birth to Daniel, she had no idea she was even pregnant because she never got a belly and never and ha- kept having her period throughout. Daniel's dad is not in the picture, so she's been a single mom ever since. Then she tells us that she met her, her husband, Ronald, in South Africa, and they were engaged within six months of meeting. Before That eh, was before she found out that he had a gambling addiction and a criminal past. It's this criminal past that's made that made her give up trying to get the fiance visa for him. So she packed up her son and everything to move with him in South Africa. And we saw this season on the other way. Things started getting really rocky when they had, you know, differing opinions about how much Ronald could be trusted with money. But eventually Tiffany found out she was pregnant again and she didn't want to have the baby in the South African hospital. So she came back to the States and had Carly there. Two months after Carly was born, they did take a trip to South Africa so that Ronald could meet his daughter. While he was while there, they fought about what where they would live, uh, and then they, you know, Ronald still wants to stay in South Africa, and Tiffany wants to come to the states. They have applied for the CR1 spousal visa, but haven't heard anything about that. COVID has put a stop to all visits between them, and Ronald isn't sending any money to support either. But anyway, now she's visiting with a lawyer to discuss the situation. We assume that she's seeing the lawyer about the immigration situation, but in reality, she's there looking into getting a divorce. When talking to the lawyer, I know, yeah, uh, she talks about what a strain the relationship has been. She feels like the pandemic has been not just keeping him apart, but also, you know, Ronald is not being supportive enough in order for this to work at a distance. She feels like she's pulling all the weight. And that things are going to be even worse when he gets here since all these problems are just going to be omnipresent instead of at a distance. The most complicated issue, obviously, with this is Carly, since it's not even easy to come up with a shared custody arrangement when one parent lives overseas. The lawyer, Christopher, tells us that, you know, she seems more worried about if this is going to work, which he says is more of a counselor issue and not a lawyer issue. When she needs to talk to a lawyer, she'll know the time is right. So then we switch to Ronald. 
with some come in with some light trolling as they play some generic rock music and he rides his motorcycle to the toy store to buy a giant stuffed <laughs> elephant. But anyway, he's 31 from Johannesburg. He tells us the, you know, very romantic story of the first night they met and the date they have when he had to uncomfortably hold in a fart and that won her over. <laughs> anyway, he's sad because they've been apart for eight months, which is the longest they've ever been apart. He's pretty much just, you know, trying to bide his time until the family can come to South Africa. And then the plan is for them to come to South Africa and wait until the visa gets approved so they can all then back move back to the United States. Uh, he has no idea that Tiffany saw the lawyers considering divorce at all. He goes and visits his friend Rowan, who is, he says has been a real support for him. They paint his garage and talk to each other about the issues in what I guess seems to be Afrikaans. Ronald thinks they, you know, him and Tiffany fight a lot and she uses his past judgment, his past against him too much. He says it's hard to find steady work in South Africa right now. So he's been working odd jobs, which he says frustrates Tiffany. He thinks things will get better once the family is together and he can, you know, take his rightful place as head of the household and take care of everyone's shit. Anyway, later Daniel is showing Tiffany how to use Zoom so they can talk to Dada. Carly, because she's one, doesn't really have any idea what's going on and doesn't want to sit for the Zoom call. Now, now Tiffany feels bad that Carly has only seen her dad through a screen and um, so apparently she had these tickets to go to South Africa, as Ronald mentioned in his plan. But they were like pending tickets. You know, you buy the t in the pandemic, you buy the tickets and you mm -hmm. hope they open up travel, right? Uh, but anyway, that said... On the Zoom, she tells Ronald that she went ahead and canceled the tickets, not because they were pending, but she, because she had to pay for them. And she is feeling like she is paying and, um, you know, making everything happen. If he wants them to come to South Africa, he'll have to find a buy, he'll have to find a way to buy the tickets himself. She's trying to put her foot down and, you know, get him to pay for things, which is her biggest um, gripe right now. He wonders why she didn't just ask for some money to help pay for the tickets. But then she's like, that's not the point. I shouldn't have to ask you for everything. Yeah, he bitches about the exchange rates, but then she kind of points out that he paid like $3,000 and that's after exchange rates to fix his bike. He feels like um, she's kind of holding the family hostage to get him to do something. Eventually, the argument leads to him asking her to live in South Africa again, and that goes nowhere. And she keeps asking for, he keeps asking for help and eventually is like, you only care about money. So ultimately, they kind of hang up and she says the marriage won't work without more effort from him. So my question then is in this whole scenario, what effort is she looking for besides money? Because he just said, oh, you're only you only care about the money. What is it besides the money she wants from him? That's actually a really good question because they didn't talk about how much time they actually spend with one another, like video chatting and things like that. And so if you are far apart from a great distance, it's like, how do you demonstrate that you are, you know, spending effort on taking care of your family? But I mean, is that really what it is? Is it taking care of your family? Because in that context, I feel that, you know, money is kind of the biggest way you can demonstrate taking care of your family when you, especially if you physically can't be there to watch over your family. Right, right. I mean, it's definitely like, I almost feel like if he would just set up, like he could, he could almost like go on Amazon and just be like, I'll take care of the baby food, right? Right. I'll just get the baby and food and ship to your house. It's, so it's not sure. like directly giving her money, but it's like, um, let me take care of a thing I can take care of at this distance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's the small gestures of just thought 
Um, I also think that by not contributing anything, you're really taking that person for granted, right? You're assuming that, oh, I'm not buying anything. I'm assuming you're getting everything that you need, right? You're buying the food. You're buying the diapers. You're buying the clothes. You're buying everything. I haven't offered or given you anything. I'm just assuming you're handling it, which you know, doesn't make you as someone who is a partner, you know, it's one thing to be like, this is my estranged baby mama, you know, and I'm just, you know, assuming that she's got it handled, like you're supposed to be a partnership. Um, It's not going to make your partner feel appreciated at all. If this other person is just assuming you're holding it down. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's a really common thing. It was like, well, I would help you out if you just asked me. And her point is like, I shouldn't, if it's if it's me having to decide everything and figure out, that's pulling all of the weight. Like the fact that right. I would be like, could you could you you know give me twenty bucks or forty bucks or a hundred bucks here and there? Like it's not it's really not about the money part. It's about the part where it's like you're just assuming that I have everything taken care of. Like what are what are right. what is it you're taking care of besides you and your bike? I mean, I definitely would have probably mm-hmm. also been mad about the bike. But then again, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yes and no, right? Because it. I don't know the situation. Is that his only mode of transportation? Sure. Because yeah, yeah obviously if somebody's, a job. if somebody's car broke down, I wouldn't be like, I can't believe you paid money to fix your car. And it's like, well, yeah, I, how else was I going to get around? Right. How else am I supposed to drive to a job in order to make money? Because sometimes they're just things that are necessary, you right. know, to support right. having any kind of employment. Yeah, uh, yeah, I need to know more about the whole motorcycle thing. Was there a cheaper alternative? You know, maybe he didn't have to have a motorcycle. Maybe he could have just bought like a Vespa or maybe he could have, you know, bought a used car, you know, or, you know, was it that motorcycle specifically that he was really into? So, yeah, I definitely feel that more information is needed before I can make any kind of judgment on that part. But... Going back to your original question of what does he need to do to show that he is putting forth effort, I think really it is. It just kind of boils down to the are you thinking about us on a daily basis? You know, if you're not contacting them on a daily basis, just the thought, the idea of you sending things or money, that's like thoughts, you know, and it kind of also goes back to the whole like love languages. You know, if her love language is gifts, he should be contributing more. Right. Well, and that's my, but the one I was tricky with is if her love language is acts of service, he's kind of stuck, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. He, can't, he literally can't do that from where like, he's at. Put Carly in front of the screen. I'll watch her while you're away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, those are the things that there's just certain things that and that's um, what he can't give, like he literally right. can't give for raising Carly and, and uh, having been a parent myself, it's just I need your energy right now. You need mm-hmm. to physically get up and walk this kid around and watch this kid because I can't do it. And that's that's the hardest part. It's not even about the money sometimes. Now it is about the money because she seems like she's pretty broke, right? Yeah. With her, you know, I, that, if she's a professional makeup artist, guess guess what people didn't have done all pandemic? I know, right? Oh, that's so bad, which is probably why she was really putting focus on her YouTube videos. Uh, yeah. But speaking of which, Carly, I know she'll grow up and be totally fine, but she is one weird looking kid. She basically looks like Ronald, but like squished a baby version with a wig on. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. I mean, she yeah, the haircut, they, like the haircut they gave her wasn't really doing her any favors. But yeah, looks very much like very much like her dad. Like, yeah, yeah. And then what is with uh, Tiffany? And I know she gets made fun of a lot for this, but like her whole like she just wants her shoulders to be free. Yes, I've never her shoulders are never covered ever, like <laughs> no, ever. Really her shoulders covered. And like, I don't know when. Everything is filmed, but like I know Frederick, right? I'm a Maryland yeah. guy. I definitely know yeah. Frederick. Uh, it's cold for a big chunk of a year. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you wouldn't want to wear. I mean, it's not like you know, it's not like Buffalo cold or Minnesota cold, but it's like cold enough that you got to wear a jacket. Your, your shoulders are gonna, just gonna have a yeah, cold shoulder have to jacket. Cover your that's shoulders gonna be weird. at some point. Yeah. yeah, I think also it makes her just look. It's not as flattering as a look for her. I think there's no, other styles of tops that would be much more flattering for her figure. Sure. Yeah, I get, I, I get that. It's it very much – well, especially because when you put your shoulders down, it ends up with this huge, big horizontal line that goes across your whole chest. And it, like, really yeah. accentuates, like, how wide you are. It's like that's right. not what we want to – very, very few people need to accentuate their width. No. You know, it's funny to me that she was talking about her pregnancy with Daniel and she was talking about it. And I don't know if you've ever watched that. I think it was on TLC, like the I didn't know I was pregnant. I didn't know. Yeah, I've seen a few episodes of that. Sure. Yes. That show when I was in my 20s, like scared the shit out of me. I was like, oh, my God. At any point, I'm just like, anytime I got a stomachache, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm pregnant. (laughs) I just didn't know this whole time about to give birth. (laughs) It freaked me out. Yeah, it's crazy to think that people could not know, but I mean, it's. it's I mean, the one if you had your period every month, that's yeah, that, that, and that was like, a lot of the people that were on that show that I didn't know I was pregnant. It's like they were like the Tiffany's who were kind of skinny, and they were just like, "Well, uh-huh. I never got much bigger," and yeah, I was having periods like everything was the same. All of a sudden, my stomach really hurt, and I gave birth in the toilet. Like those were the kinds of stories <laughs> yeah. that were on the show. Gave me right. nightmares. Yeah. I mean, it just seemed like she went into, at least she went to the hospital and was like, oh, I have these terrible stomach pains. And they were like, those are contractions. You're giving birth. <laughs> it's like, what? Speaking of the things of nightmares, let's talk about Libby oh, and Andre. So Libby's getting dressed up for a family business meeting at Becky's house. And Andre is not invited. Libby thinks it's best he's not there anyway to avoid any kind of confrontation. Libby's expecting a confrontation anyway, and she hopes that she can win them over. Libby points out that Andre's track record isn't the best with her family, and he gets mad about that because he blames her siblings as he cusses up a storm. Andre doesn't know why this family meeting is being held because he doesn't want to work with the whole family, just Chuck. Libby says it's impossible to avoid the siblings because it's a small, tight-knit family business. She reminds him that she will defend him and they're on the same team. Libby isn't worried because this is the first time she's thrown herself into the fire for her husband and come out on top. They all meet at Becky's house where they start drinking Prosecco. Charlie, Chuck, Becky, Jen, and some partners are all there. And Chuck tells them why they're all there. He starts to reenact his conversation with Andre, uh, accent and all, and Libby immediately calls him out on it and tells him this is unprofessional. As soon as Chuck (laughs) tells them that Andre asked for $100,000, the siblings flip out and say they would never ask dad for money. And Charlie asks why Andre is so confident he can get the money back because flipping houses can be volatile. Charlie tells us that 
all the kids have contributed money to the business, and he believes that Andre should be busting his ass to prove himself since he's the one coming from a poor communist country. He shouldn't be looking for a handout. Chuck tells them he straight up said no, but he's willing to mentor him into the business. Becky is annoyed how Andre is approaching getting into this profession. Jen and Becky, in the end, say they will give him a chance, but Becky won't let him take over what she does. Charlie says maybe if he kisses their asses and definitely then he changes his mind, says definitely not and fuck him. As soon as he says that, Libby walks out. Libby thinks Andre is trying, but everyone is saying that he should what he should be doing, but he's just trying to provide for her family. Libby is so mad uh, that she's crying because her family is always making fun of Andre and belittling him, and she just wants them to acknowledge he's trying and he's making efforts. Becky feels bad Libby had to defend her husband, and she wishes that everyone could see Libby's side. Charlie thinks that Andre needs to start from the bottom and work his way up, not just start off with a loan. Chuck urges Charlie to talk to Libby. Charlie says that he's not going to let Andre take advantage of his family. Charlie starts off by saying he's sorry, but then he takes it back. There's a lot of yelling, and Chuck tells Charlie that at the end of the day, this is still his sister, and he asks them to hug. And they do so reluctantly as Chuck orders them all back into the house. Libby thinks that this is business, so they need to forget the personal stuff. Chuck says that he's already made up his mind that Andre is in, so everybody needs to know that they're going to be working with him. Charlie says that he will do it for Libby, but he brings up his issues with Andre again, and everyone just kind of ignores him. Andre is getting concerned because the meeting has gone on for a long time. He's sure that everyone is talking shit on him. Libby finally gets home. She tells us that the next step is for Charlie and Andre to work out their personal differences before they can move forward. She tells Andre that the siblings were mad about the fact that he asked for the money. Andre says he knew that Chuck didn't have the power, and he already feels like this was a failure. Libby tells him to shut up and says at the end of the day, it's Chuck's choice and he chose to let him work in the company, but everyone thinks that Andre and Charlie should get together and try to work things out. Libby tells him that she defended him and almost walked out. She tells him that she's mentally drained and exhausted and asks him to find a common ground with Charlie. Andre says he refuses to work with Charlie, and Libby says, well, that's the only way. Andre said that he's going to do whatever he can to prove that he needs to in order to the fastest time possible so he can forge out on his own with the $100,000. Libby starts crying, and Andre tells her to stop, and he doesn't want to hear the stories of her being stuck in the middle. Libby doesn't want to fight anymore, and she's hoping that he can see that the only way they're going to move forward is if Charlie and Andre figure out a way to work together. All right, so Andre, he's just doing this to get his $100,000 because he's still thinking that there's a chance, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So what do you think that Andre has to do exactly to prove that he is worthy of the loan in the fastest amount of time possible, as he puts it? Oh, I I mean, mean, that's the thing is that he, the thing that he can't never do, right? He has to literally, like, he has to be... And I don't think it has much to do with his business acumen or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. He has to come in and be a team player and be a guy yeah. who just goes along. You told you to do something. I just did it. I did it the best I could. And I'm going. I'm moving on to the next thing instead mm-hmm. of – because it's – I can't see him working like that. No. At all. I can't either. Like I can see him, hey, Andre, we need to get these molding in. Why put in crown molding? Crown molding, dumb. We know, we know do that. Like I, that's what he's going to do. Right? He's yeah. going to fight everything. Don't tell me what to do. And it's like, I'm. I don't appreciate that accent, Mr. O. That's unprofessional. 
That was pretty oh. funny when Chuck was like imitating their conversation. I don't know. It, 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 I, yeah, I, I think he kind of missed, and I, I also think he kind of also might have missed hit Chuck's maybe timeline on this. Mm-hmm. I feel like Andre seems to think it's like a three to six month timeline, and I think in in Chuck's mind it's more like a four to five year timeline. Like, yeah, in terms I can of that. See that. I I think that Andre sees this as, okay, I show Chuck that I can flip a couple houses, make a profit, that I can actually do this, and I'm in. He trusts me with the $100,000. I think he thinks it's like a couple houses, a couple examples, right? Right, Uh, right. Well, what happens when there's a failure in between? And quite honestly, the way that the market is, you know, I know Charlie says it's volatile, but... I don't think you can lose money, right? You probably just won't make as much. Yes and no. Um, the market right now, the market market is pretty volatile right now. It's tough, right? Right now, you would it, it's it would be hard to flip. I mean, you wouldn't do much. You just kind of take it and hold it and then put it back out there. Like it, it's just the market's going up and up and up right now, right? So it's a kind of kind of a crazy market. But no, yeah. the reason you the reason you lose money is like. Obviously, you buy it for two hundred fifty. You put you know fifty or a hundred grand into it. So now it's worth three fifty, and then you try to sell it for like you know four hundred, and you can't, right? And then yeah. at some point, do you go back down to three fifty? Well, if you go back down to three fifty, now you're breaking even, except you had to make mortgage payments on it this whole time because you probably didn't pay cash money for the house, and you can you can lose money, right? If you if you yeah. underestimate how much your improvements are going to um, hit the value of the house. Or if you you hit the market and you and you try to put it up, you know you you make a mistake and you and you buy it too expensive, and you end up selling it too look to and then you can't make the money back on it when you sell it when you put into it. It's definitely a it's definitely something that um, I don't know. And this is because me I owned a house I bought a house on myself in 2007, and then anybody who knows anything about it, the housing market just fell to the floor the next year. And it was a house that I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll just stay in this house for two years. I'll resell it. I'll make a little bit of money. That is not how it works <laughs> at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely am somebody who's always like, oh, I don't, I don't, I, I, and anybody who's going to tell me you can always make money in real estate. And I was like, no, I mean, not really. Like, <laughs> not yeah. Really. Well, I also think that Andre isn't the person who's making these big decisions if he's working for Chuck. I see it as Chuck is the one who's identifying which house to buy at what price. He's putting down the money. And really just Andre, all he has to do is, you know, maybe do some of the fixing up and then the selling part. Because, I mean, he's got his real estate license. Yeah, I kind of got the impression that um, Charlie is like in charge of managing the construction, the construction crews. Right. Yeah. And that's why he would have to work with Charlie because the, the key to flipping a house, if you're going to do it right and you're going to make money, is getting that getting that work done quickly, right? You, you yes. want to be paying a mortgage on that for as little time as you possibly can, sure. right? So then I guess if he would be working with Charlie, then he would be – yeah, he would probably just be in charge of, all right, well, this house is flipped. Sell it. Go. Yeah. Right? Which means he might have to take the blame – you know, at the end of the day, if, if Charlie, you know, if it is, does work like that and Charlie identified the house and bought it at the price and, you know, he miscalculated, well, who's he going to blame for that? Andre can't sell this house. Ugh. 
He's, he has a price point. He has to sell it at. He can't. He can't get it done. What's, what, are we, what are we paying him for? What's the point? Right. Yeah. Whereas the mistake isn't always at that at that end. It could have happened way earlier in the in the game. I think that Andre is very much mistaking what Chuck is looking for. And this is why I agree with your, you know, four to six years timeline for what Chuck is thinking. Chuck is just looking to make sure that Andre has some kind of work ethic and follow through because everything that he has done historically has shown exactly the opposite. You know, him kind of not following through with his uh, trucker job, him not actually like getting the trucker job because it was too much work you know he even said like well i want to be gone like four days out of the week and it's just like i was like what did you think a trucker did yeah yeah so i i think that chuck just wants to make sure that this guy isn't this isn't just some other andre whim you know because it really could be an andre whim and i think that just time is going to convince him otherwise yeah, i can't blame him for that because i, no, I definitely I can see andre this, this, you know, this house no good. It, I can't, I can't sell this. This is not. It's ridiculous. They making me do this. Like, yeah. It, it, but it's and that isn't something that you fix in six months. But like, no, it I, isn't. Andre. I just, I, I wish, and I know all successful businessmen have this. And there's a part of the reason I'm not like a successful entrepreneur <laughs> is because I'm not dumb enough to think I could be a sex, successful entrepreneur, right? But to look at everything and to look that he's been in this family and to think he can knows how to read the market, buy the right house, manage a construction crew right, right. with multiple contractors that you don't have contacts with or relationships with, get yeah. them to do things on time and under budget, worry about – and you're going to be asking you things about the materials, what you want done, who are the designers for these houses that you're flipping. And then he's going to also turn around and then put that back on the market and sell it at the right time at the same taste. Who is he getting his – like? because you don't just – if it's 100000 it's not enough to buy in, in Tampa. You're not buying your own house with that, right? No. That, that, that's yeah. maybe a down payments on down what you're payment, flipping. Yeah. You can, but you're taking a mortgage out on it. So who's his mortgage person? Who's running his title company? Like he doesn't have any of those connections. How does he think he's no, going to run this he business? Doesn't. Yeah. And the only reason why he doesn't want to work for Chuck, even though he's doing the exact same thing, is just because he wants to be his own boss. He's really stubborn. Like he doesn't want to work for anyone. Yeah. You know, you know what you have to do when you're your own boss? You have to work your ass off. Yeah. I don't know if he's capable of that. You know who I don't believe is really working his ass off is Charlie. Yeah. Charlie I, seems like he's just taking it easy. Yes. I definitely I, I definitely I, I'm going with my kind of theory from last week. He put Charlie in, in in charge of running the contractor crews, even though the contractor crews could totally manage themselves and get everything done. Oh sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. We all started we all started at the bottom. There's nothing worse than the boss's son once they reach oh, to the God, top I being know, like, right? I started at the bottom and it was like yeah, but you were Did at no you? point where you never going to end up where you are. There yeah. was never an option. It wasn't like it's not like he was going to hire you as a cashier at just store and not make you a manager and then not move you to 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 like you know uh, central office. It was like that was sure. always going to happen. It's not like he would have been like, "Sorry, son, you got to stay a cashier." <laughs> Shut up, boss's son. God. Yeah. All right. So let's go into let's go to the other the shortest one I had. That's Mike. And Natalie. All right. So Natalie is setting up a table with for two with takeout boxes. It's Mike's 36th birthday and she wants to make the day extra special since, you know, after she bought his ring, he's been very good. So 
I don't know what that means, but they go get sushi. Anyway, she got sushi from his favorite sushi place and champagne to go with it for some reason, um, which is, by the way, the second um, scene where we see people eating sushi with um, sparkling wine. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Libby's family also did it. Anyway, Mike opens the champagne like an adult. Yay. And they have a toast to his birthday <laughs> um, and also a toast to him being a pain in the butt. Anyway, they discuss the upcoming Thanksgiving trip with uh, Mike's mom, Trish. Natalie is worried because she doesn't know how to celebrate Thanksgiving. And he says, it's pretty easy. You pretty much just have to eat. There's nothing to celebrate. And just do that. <laughs> then they show an interview where he's just listing off his favorite Thanksgiving foods and saying, mm, it's all so good. Anyway, she he asks if she has anything she might want to cook for the meal because he always cooks pies. And she says, I don't know, something Ukrainian. Maybe, maybe I'll make borscht. He says, my mom's always wanted to make that. Okay. So anyway, then she tells us more about why she's really nervous. Mike's mom was against the whole wedding the whole time. And she and Natalie blames Mike, blames Trish for Mike calling off the wedding last season. He kind of thought, oh, she got in your head. Anyway, then she talks to Mike about how bored she is when he's at work every day and says, maybe we could like live someplace else. Maybe Reno, where apparently all his friends live and he also used to live. Weird. Okay. Yep. He says Nevada is awesome and Reno is great. And she asks if, you know, he, he, if she could, would, if he thinks she would be able to get along with his friends. And Mike is honestly like, I'm not sure because he says harsh, but it's like, you're mean. <laughs> and then to prove his point, when he says, you know, people just want you to be polite. She says, well, maybe I would be more polite to them if they didn't send you naked pictures. Gosh. So... So at that, Mike just rolls his eyes, drains his glass of champagne, and then tells her, you can't speak anymore, and walks away. Wow. Then she, gets, then she goes and tells producers the details. She claims that one of the um, women in Nevada kept sending Mike pictures of her boobs, even though she said she was just a friend. But during in the middle of his interview, Mike just gets off the elevator behind him with his bag and walks out the door. He says he's going to go home, take some shots, and make the best of it. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, I don't know what's going on here. Like, So, this is someone other than Sarah. This is someone other than Sarah. Yeah. I want more details, too. Because the thing that I... Natalie very much made it seem like nude boobs, right? Yes. I was yes. very much... I was very much thinking about that. That's what... It, that the... It, the she yeah, implied, the, the, she but she implied. never explicitly said. So I could also see crazy Natalie, like if some girl was just sending selfies, which, by the way, isn't the most appropriate thing, I guess, if you're just sending random selfies to like your friend. Like, I would never do that with my guy friends. I'm not like sending my guy friends like random selfies of myself. And maybe there was a little bit more cleavage or something like that. I could see yes. Natalie interpreting that picture being like, she keeps sending you boob shots. Yeah, yes. when they really I, that, aren't, they're just selfies. And I wonder, I wonder if she's sending them to her. Like, I could totally see sending a selfie to like a group chat when you're like at the pool. Like, aren't you guys jealous? Like, here's a selfie of the pool. I'm a little bit too old for selfies myself, but like, yeah. But I think it is a little bit of an age thing because people who are younger are de definitely okay. Feel but like, come on, he's 36. He's not that far off from. Us. That's true. That's true. Fair. <laughs> fair. 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 I don't know. I feel like I missed Snapchat by like five years, which still puts him on the wrong side of Snapchat. But 
Right, right. So, yes, I, I mean, yeah, I just don't see like how that's happening. Okay, that's another thing. Maybe it is Snapchat. I can see that happening on Snapchat, and you just snap your friends, right? So yeah. it's not really that you're sending some random selfie cleavage shot to one right. person in particular. It's just whoever's on your friend list. Right. I mean, it just, and and I mean, it definitely made it sound like. Natalie kind of definitely wanted to make us think that it was some woman sending her bare ass chest, like yeah. boobs all the way exposed, just to Mike for like no reason. I don't. It it, it was weird, um, and it was like, yeah. and, and clearly the way he reacted to it was like, not like, well, let me explain that, or is like we, they've been that they've they've had this fight before. Right. And I do find it odd that Mike didn't try to defend himself and. He probably is just, like you said, tired of having this conversation, but he has to understand that it does make him look incredibly guilty to us. I mean, it, I, and that's the thing is I was like, I, it would if I didn't know Natalie and know how she jumped from, you know, you crashed on somebody's couch on the day before their wedding with like 20 other people and you jumped to that meaning you clearly had sex with this woman. Like, so I would say, like, the boob thing would be like, I, I, I've seen this lady take things to crazy extremes. And I feel <laughs> like his eye roll is just like, this is not an argument to have. And especially because she didn't say it because she was actually concerned about this friend sending her boob shots. She sent right. it because he called her. He said she was harsh and she was like, well, and wanted to get him back. And so it's yeah, like, well, I'm done playing that game. I, I, I get that, too. But like, I'm not playing this game. So I'm, I'm yeah. done. I had questions, though. So he just abandoned her at this random ass hotel? Was, yeah. How is she getting home now? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Because it isn't like, isn't like a three-hour drive to Seattle from where he is? That's also what I thought. I'm just like, okay, how is she going to get home? That's not like an easy Uber ride. Right. And that, that part's that part's pretty pretty bullshit because that's that's like, well, you should have thought of that before you said something mean to me. Like, nah, okay, no, you can't do that. That's, yeah. that's not okay. All right. Crazy. Okay, now let's talk uh, Kalani and Asuelu. So Kalani and Asuelu are going to a creperie, which is a new experience for for Asuelu. Kalani notices that ever since they have been house uh, shopping, that Asuelu has been pitching in and helping out a lot more with the family. He is being more attentive, and Kalani is appreciative. Asuelu tries the crepe, and he likes it, and says, so far so good, as he chows down like a starving child. Kalini is supposed to arrive that night, and Kalani has put off telling Asuelu, so she really has no choice but to tell him on this date. Kalani finally tells him, and Asuelu asks why he wasn't told before. He actually tells Kalani that he wishes he had known sooner so they could have prepared for her arrival by cleaning the house, getting flowers, and preparing a nice meal. Asuelu tells us that he recognizes that there have been issues in the past, but he wants to move forward and be a better person. Kalani points out that the last time he saw her, he called her a bitch and said he never wanted to see her again. Asuelu says this is the new him, and he wants a refreshed relationship with Kalini. He's also confident that since they're moving soon, that they will only be dealing with Kalini for a short amount of time. Asuelu hopes Kalani sees that he's changing as Asuelu sheds some tears and gets emotional. Kalani likes him being calm, and she thinks this is how he was when they first met, and she's shocked that he had this reaction, but also very happy. Kalani, although, is a little suspicious because Asuelu has used crying in the past to manipulate her, so she doesn't know if this is all real. 
Okay, do you think that this is another Asuelu manipulation, or do you think that he has truly changed? I think he's in the... I think he's trying to change, honestly. Yes. I think he's in the fake it till you make it, like, part of it. Like, I think he's definitely faking it, but... Sure. You know, that's how you that's how you that's how you actually change is you go, what would a what would a what would a reasonable person do here? Would they get <laughs> mad about the sister coming in? No, they wouldn't. So I won't do that either. Like and that that's that's how you change. That's how things that's how new habits get formed. So yeah. I do think he's trying because I do think as dumb as this guy is, he does realize it's like they're holding on by a thread people. here. Yeah. Right. And and like, yeah, it's either learn to figure something out about how to how to be reasonable with these people or your marriage is over. Like, so. Right. From Kalani's point of view, I think that why does it matter if he's fake being nice to Kalini? At the end of the day, he's still being nice to Kalini. Right. And even if it is just superficial and in his mind, he's like, oh, I hate this bitch. Like, who cares? You know, like I said, as long as he's nice to her, that's like a big positive step in the right direction, because I don't know if he is going to get over what's happened with him and Colini like right away. But at least, you know, he's trying to be the better person, the bigger person by it was very sweet. Like, yeah, oh, we that, should have prepared a nice meal. is that the place and... you want people to get to when they have these yeah. unresolvable issues? But can you just get to the point where you can be in the same civil. room with each other and be yeah. civil? Like, sure. and that's 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 that that's where you need to get. I mean, if you don't get past that, then you don't get past that. But that is definitely step one. And I'm I'm totally with you. I care about what people do, and mm-hmm. not what they say they felt about what they do. Well, I didn't mean to hurt you. It was like, but you did. Yeah. Like, so now what? Like, it, it, just just because you didn't mean it doesn't mean it didn't hurt. Or just because you know. Yeah, those kind of those kind of things. And it was like, I don't know what it, it frustrates me with students all the time who tell me that what they're about <laughs> to do. And I was like, I don't don't tell me what you're about to do. Just I know. Do right? it. Just go do I it. I was going to do my homework and I was going to like, study. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't. So why are we right. having this conversation? <laughs> right. Right. Well, I was your assignments late. Well, I was about to do it. And it was like, but you didn't oh. do it. So let's move on. Right. And that's right. what that's where you got. Like. So so I'm definitely more concerned about who care. Yeah, it's. It doesn't matter as much what he thinks about her inside or if he really does. Now, I understand where she's coming from is I think he's faking it now and I don't think he really feels this way. So, I don't know how long he can keep up this charade. Like, yes. Now, that, that's a that legitimate a concern. concern. Sure. Because, yeah, like maybe he's faking being nice to Kalini and maybe that's where all of his energies are kind of going right. at this point. But if he's faking other things like the helping out the pitching in you know like the doing more with the kids spending more time with family if that all isn't sustainable then that yes is a much bigger issue right right okay so that's not how you eat crepes i was very confused about that like (laughs) i was eating with a fork i don't pick them up like it's a breakfast burrito and shove it in my mouth you know, there's certain kinds of crepes, and I think this is more of a trend where they treat it more like it is kind of a burrito sandwich situation. You know, it's kind of like the uh, waffle sandwiches, how that was big for a little bit. Uh, I guess. The big chain out here was Bruxy. That was like a huge thing out here where they would have the somewhat flavorless waffles and they would put all these like. Oh, well, that's almost, that's, a, that's, a, that's an ice cream cone. 
<laughs> they no, no, no. Sandwich, but, but they put sandwich things in it. Yes. Like they put like meats and stuff in there. Like you have pulled pork, which I don't know. I was never a fan of, but I think it's like the same idea. You know, you have your savory crepes and then your sweet crepes. So if it's a savory crepe, I don't know. To me, you eat it like an omelet, right? Same kind of family-ish. Sure. But, I mean, well, I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. Crepes, but it's always, it's a, I've always seen it as an on the plate, you know, knife and fork type of food, not a... I'm going to pick this up with my hands and eat it. Well, it's a Swaloo, and I was going to say, you can't chow down the way a Swaloo was chowing down on that crepe <laughs> if it's on a plate. No. <laughs> That's true. He was I, chowing what? down like it was his last meal. I was like, slow your roll, a Swaloo. What's going on over here? Yeah, I mean that's that's what that that is one way to get people to try new things and get them to like what they what they have is like let me make sure they're really hungry before I take them there and they'll eat whatever <laughs> they'll eat anything. Yeah, maybe you should try that with your girls. <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't. I I have it doesn't work. It's they go like, on a hunger mm-hmm. strike. <laughs> yeah, they go on a hunger strike. Like that's the thing is like yeah like that, that's the thing they're like oh the kid they always said that because this is a struggle i always have and people always like well you know they'll they'll eat something eventually they won't starve themselves and i was like well, even they get hungry yeah they will get to the point where they're lightheaded yeah then they get up off a table and it's like no that's they're falling asleep while they've been not, not yet hungry and eating it's like <laughs> they, it's it's amazing how I, I had no idea kids could be that stubborn so oh, i learned goodness. that the hard way all right <laughs> so speaking of stubborn angela and michael so Angela is unpacking in her L.A. hotel room and dreaming about looking 20 years younger after her surgery. She calls Michael to let him know that she's safe in L.A. and to share her nerves with him. But, you know, she clearly just woke him up to say this. He's like laying in bed half asleep being like, yes, uh-huh, thanks. <laughs> anyway, the next morning, she's up early to go to, the, to her consultation. She says she picked Dr. Kashani because he had good reviews and, well, he's in Beverly Hills, so he's got to be good. But she wants to see him in person to make sure he's the right fit. And, you know, watch after as she get there, she's talking us talking us through this. And she's just like playing with all the breast implants that are on the table. Uh, she also reminds us that she did break a lot of the pre-surgery rules. She did eat some solids and she smoked at least four cigarettes oh, since God, she's been in L.A. Yeah, I was like, yeah, four, probably more like at least double that, right? Anyway, Dr. <laughs> Kashani walks her through the procedure with um, his midriff-bearing assistant, Natasha, right behind him. <laughs> he says that they're doing a sleeve gastrectomy, which should help with some, not just let her lose weight, but help with other health issues, which Angela is like, you mean like my heavy boobs? And like just start pulls up her shirt and starts pulling, like picking up her boobs a bunch of times. <laughs> and anyway, while she's doing that, the doctor notices that maybe your boobs are a little heavy because you're carrying this big pack of cigarettes around in them. <laughs> Way to call her out on it. And she tries how dumb to deny are you it. that you're carrying those around with you? Yeah, she oh tries to deny cigarettes. I don't have to say, all right, they're right here. Anyway, Natasha is surprised that she has cigarettes in her tits because they just talked about this yesterday. Which, by the way, I feel like, no, I'll get there. Natasha should have known. <laughs> all right. Um, anyway, they lecture her about what a huge risk that is and even say they might not be able to do the surgery if she continues to smoke and eat before um, it comes. Angela's worried because she feels like she can do anything she puts her minds to. But, you know, she still needs her coke and her smokes. <laughs> she starts getting more worried now as Dr. Kashani talks about the risk of heart attack and, of, and stroke and everything. That's just from the anesthesia, especially given her unhealthy intake of food and smoking. Then they bring up the next complication. After she loses all the weight in this extremely short amount of time, she's going to be left with a lot of extra skin. And they're going to refer her to a different doctor for that surgery. 
it's all a lot more than she anticipated. But anyway, after Dr. Kashani leaves, Angela is struggling to fill out a different form for the next surgeon, Dr. Obang, who comes in again with Natasha. Dr. Obang is from Ghana, which apparently gets Angela's juices flowing. Gosh. And she starts to flirt with him almost immediately, laughing immensely when he mentions he has to examine her breasts. She says she was surprised the doc would have to see and medically fondle her boobs. She gets... <laughs> She gets embarrassed and blushy as he examines her, but at the end of the day, he's he's a pro. All right, he tells her about the breast reduction and the liposuction that he can do right now at the same time as the weight loss surgery. This makes her extremely nervous because, you know, Michael was clear when she went for a surgery, don't touch the boobs. Um, but but she's having but it's what kind of situation is giving her back problems and the bra strap is digging into her thing and everything like that. So, you know, she, that she's just nervous for the surgery that's going to come, I don't know, maybe next episode? Okay. So, which doctor was Angela more inappropriate talking to? Dr. Obang or Dr. Kashani? Well, is that even a question, Dr. <laughs> Obang? <laughs> yeah, she was, she had zero interest in Dr. Kashani. Like, meh, whatever. That's well, but she didn't, but she was lying to Dr. Kashani and to the things, I guess, inappropriate. Which one was she less prepared for? I guess I should have put it out there like that. Because I feel like oh. she was not prepared for Dr. Kashani either. She wasn't. And I am so confused by this. She said she did some research. If you just do the minimal amount of research... She would have known that she's going to have, like, excess skin that's pretty common. Yes, yes. And especially I mean, the that, older you are, your skin just doesn't bounce back like it used to. And so, Absolutely. And, well, and she is so, she's so big that it, it, there's no bouncing back, like, it, no. It, no matter how old you ever were. If you were going from that right. big to um, as small as she wants to be, like, there's, there's never any bouncing back, right? Yeah. But we can so all, we I, already see it in her chin, like the Dr. Obang had mentioned, that chin yeah. flap that's kind of coming down. She's like losing a lot of elasticity because she's 54 and that's what happens. Like, Yeah. And it's like how – why would you think that, you know, she – because she even said, oh, well, I'll just get this weight loss surgery like in, I'm out. And that also makes me wonder how long after is she staying from this, you know, when she finishes the surgery, like – this is going to be pretty shitty. Like if she's like, oh, I'm going to stay in L.A. for like three or four days and then like head back. Like, and I don't know how long she's actually staying there. Yeah. Who's taking care of her? Well, I like, saw in the preview that JoJo's there. So okay. remember her friend, her yeah, best yeah. friend, JoJo. So it looks like JoJo's going to be. Yeah. So it looks like JoJo's going to be around to take care of her for a little bit. But you know, in any kind of condition where you're in recovery and you have to fly, that's a long flight from L.A. back to Georgia. Yeah, you yeah. know, like you're going to yeah. be uncomfortable like that. Very. Why would you choose that for yourself? Well, at least, OK, at least at least the weight loss surgery is, um, you know, uh, uh, what's it called? Ar arthroscopic, right? Or, yeah. you know, with it's, they don't have to cut you open. But like and sure. that was the one she's doing now. But if she's going to come back, the skin surgery. Oh, God. Like, that is a big surgery. That's actually a, my ex-wife actually had that surgery. She lost oh, a lot really? of weight, yep, and she um, got a bunch of skin taken away. She didn't get it done on her arms, but she got it done on her midsection, like literally uh -huh. all the way around. The same thing, Andrea. The same thing, um, Angela would have to do, right? Yeah. And it was a long recovery, and it was like, and I was taking care of her a lot for that. Um, oh gosh. In terms of that, like it was, it was like a few days before you could before she could stand up straight. Like it was, 
Yeah. And so like, I, 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 she's, I can tell you right now, she is definitely not ready for that surgery. No. Yeah. And then she has to be good about things because that was the other thing that kind of bothered me about Kashani and his team was he's kind of like, almost like, well, you know, if you keep doing that, we won't be able to do the surgery. It's like, you're supposed to do the surgery tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And I looked it up and it said that it was six weeks you're supposed to not be smoking before. Now, I granted six weeks might be definitely on the safe side of things. Sure. But th- the day before, like, come on, yeah. you're going to still go through with this surgery oh, from like now I, into surgery 12 hours don't... from now. I also don't buy that Natasha didn't know. Uh, you told me you stopped. Like, listen, if somebody was like, if you're talking on the phone, hey, blah, 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 I just want to make sure you stop smoking. They're like, hypothetically, if I was smoking, <laughs> what would the side effects be? Like, mentally, I'm like, this person is still smoking. Like, right. I was, <laughs> a friend of mine was wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Let's also remember why Natasha even thought to ask her was because we heard the hearty smokers laugh. Yeah. She has that – you're just going into a cough. It's just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. What do you think about the um, – I don't know. Do you think she – is she going to get the boobs done or not? And is Michael going to be mad about the boobs? Uh, well, they said that she was going to get some just kind of breast reduction, right? Yes. It would be a breast reduction, which is like – and we get, we get this because this is something that seems like an issue because as much as – I'm not that guy. Michael is really into her boobs. Yeah, but what part of it? Well, okay, so it's funny because the guy said that. The guy's like, oh, he's an African guy. Yeah, they like him saggy. Like, he was like, oh, okay. What? Yeah. Okay. Um, that, and that's okay, what he sure. likes. He likes them like big and saggy and stuff. And that's what he's like looking. That's what he gets. Because he really does. Like of all the things that Michael is, you know, whatever about and they, they have all this, you know, is he scamming or whatever. His love, the, the amount of attraction he seems to have to her <laughs> boobs particularly seems pretty genuine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, as long as they don't go overboard, right? If right. they're a little less saggy and just a little bit right. smaller. And because that's the point, too, is like, is that's like, yes, I know this is what you like, but this is about my health. My It's killing my back. You could see the bra strap line. Good Lord. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. heavy. Those are heavy. Right. I just, when she says that, oh, I don't know, but you said that. But when she says that she's doing this for her health, it really kind of bothers me. Because not the part that she's doing for health, because she just keeps on sur- saying she's like, I'm working on my health. And it's like, this is not working. Like, yes, I get that these surgeries are for your health, but I just wish she would quit saying she's working on her health. Well, and to me first, if you were concerned about your health, the thing you do before a surgery, before any surgery, before they told you had to do it for the surgery, you quit smoking. Stop smoking. Like, I there know, is nothing, right? nothing she could do more for her health than quit smoking. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. At one point when she was in the room, I could have swore I saw her with a nicotine patch. But then yeah. turned around and it was like gone. So I don't I, I know those, I saw She's something. smoking those Marlboro Reds. Like, oh my God. But, okay, <laughs> I don't so think that's any better or worse. That's just like Marlboro Reds. That's extreme. That's just a commitment there, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I looked, that was the part of the reason why I looked up 
uh, you know, how long you weren't supposed to smoke cigarettes before. Cause I wanted to see, well, does it include nicotine patches? And it said, oh, absolutely, yeah. nicotine patches were included in that. So, so it's the nicotine that does it. Right. Yeah. So when she's told like, oh, you can't smoke cigarettes. She's like, oh, well, I'll just like slap on a patch. And it's just like, oh my gosh, Angela, for, for someone who said they did research, it doesn't seem like you did research. You right. seem to know very little about this. This, yeah, this seems like, Bad Reddit thread research. <laughs> oh god! Oh gosh, Andrew style. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How do I oh. get my girlfriend here? Yeah. Weight loss surgery. Yeah. Uh, well, especially because she was like, "I want to get the best doctor, Beverly Hills." Like that's okay to okay. me. Okay. My impression of it is that, and even being from someone who's in Southern California. To sure. me, yeah, you're going to find good doctors anywhere. I don't think that Beverly Hills necessarily has better doctors than anywhere else. I think they're more expensive than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or probably yeah. one of the more expensive ones, you know, just being Oh, no, in- and there's there's definitely a lot of online things. and It's crazy. You can find really, really, like, amazing doctors that work, like, you know, and usually, usually what you do, I don't know, the one that we get is the people who – um look and you find out like which celebrities did they work on <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Who> picked so-and-so's <laughs> ankle like yeah. did a celebrity go to them because then they must really be good but they'll work out of like random random baltimore hospitals and stuff and like not johns hopkins obviously a shit ton of good doctors at johns hopkins but they're also not doing like you know they're doing like more major things and i can be like yeah we'll do your gastric bypass like that's like mm-hmm. yeah like yeah but yeah i mean just and it, 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 it in no way does you know, managing to snag a Beverly Hills address for your office <laughs> mean that you're a good, okay, do- a better doctor than someone Especially if it's weight loss, because the reality is, is that everybody in the U.S. gets weight loss surgery. doesn't matter what location. Right. Now, if you were doing something like, okay, breast implants, then maybe I would look at states that are more likely to have people that have breast implants because they probably do more of them. Now, if it was some kind of logical reasoning like that, I can understand why you're thinking, oh, okay, maybe if Georgia has less breast implants than California that you would look in California. But like I said, weight loss is everywhere. So to me, it doesn't make any sense why you're going all this way. It just seems... Harder for you in every way possible. I mean, Beverly Hills is, is like people think it's the the blah, blah, blah of the stars, right? It's the mm-hmm. the, the breast implants of the, 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 the Hollywood celebrities get. Well, <laughs> sure. How about these Hollywood celebrities are not getting weight loss surgery? Like, it's yeah, not, right. We're going there for that. Weight like, loss surgery what? of the stars. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're going to – if I'm one of doctors get a weight loss surgery, I'm going to like, where's the fattest state? Like, who's working (laughs) in the fattest state, which might pretty much be Georgia, by the way. Right. For me, I would be looking at which doctor does the most of these. Right. right? That's what I would be looking at because then they have the most experience. If you're doing this, like, occasionally because you're mostly doing these other, like, nose jobs, like, breast implants – butt implants sure. then sure. i'd be who's, like yeah. who's a doctor of the, who's a doctor that only does this surgery right 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 and it's, would, and it's therefore also used to working on obese people like i that that seems to me like a specialty that goes with being a doctor it's like i, mm-hmm. if, if I don't want to go to if I'm, if I'm big like angela i don't want to go to a doctor that's only ever cut into tiny people <laughs> sure oh goodness that'd be scary tiny people getting weight loss surgery we have a uh, cool sculpting for that <laughs> right i mean yeah that, that's what yeah, the cool sculpting is supposed to do it's supposed to work almost as good as lipo right but uh, no not invasive it's supposed to be a less invasive 
uh, alternative, right? It's supposed right. to freeze your fat and then it eliminates from your system. So it's like no cutting into. There's no or cutting. Anything. There's no cutting at all. Right. 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 But nowadays, I think they even have like a laser form of liposuction. Or somehow zaps the fat cells or something. They have lasers for everything these days. <laughs> I've I've looked into none of this, but. Yeah, so we'll say oh, it. My ex used to work for a plastic surgeon's uh, practice, so I feel like I secondhand heard all these things. Yeah, our plastic surgeons here is like it's it's a lot of you know getting rid of the excess skin. Like they do a lot of reconstruction mm-hmm. surgeries, reconstructive surgeries. They just, yeah. just don't have that like cosmetic plastic surgery as is in demand over here. Yeah, actually, it's interesting how many plastic surgeons are. Uh, associated with some kind of they refer to them as medical spas right and so oh, it's like yeah. an, an all in one kind of place you can go there go see an esthetician get all your laser stuff your Botox and then a plastic surgeon and it's all like kind of in one location which is my ex worked for a practice that was kind of like that structure oh. so interesting yep. one stop beauty shop alright uh, so let's move on to Brandon and Julia So Brandon and Julia are lounging by the pool in Vegas, and Julia is so happy there. Julia is mad that the night before, Brandon shut her down on the idea of moving to a big city. Julia is really hoping that she can change his mind before they go back to the farm. Brandon orders some serious cocktails, Long Islands and uh, Blue Hawaiians. Uh, Julia calls Brandon out for checking out the cocktail waitress, and she asks him if he wishes her boobs were bigger like the server. Julia then tells us that she is crazy jealous, but she trusts Brandon and she doesn't actually trust other women because she's a woman. They do a little photo shoot in the pool when Brandon's mom interrupts by calling. Julia tells him to cancel the call, but uh, Brandon takes the call and Betty is calling because they got an important piece of mail. They got a letter for Julia to appear for a green card interview. It's the last step before Julia gets her green card. Brandon is nervous because he fears if she says the wrong thing that their application will get denied. Julia hopes that once she gets a green card that she can start working and that they can finally move. But if it doesn't go well, that her American dream is going to be over. Brandon thinks they shouldn't waste their time worrying about it and they should just enjoy the rest of their Vegas vacation. Next up, they're at a restaurant and Julia is a little overly excited because they actually have sushi. So based on that, Julia loves Vegas and wants to move. Brandon tells her that he doesn't want to move to a big city, even if he told her he's fine with moving to a big city. Brandon tells her that he would be okay with moving to maybe Richmond so he can be close to his job. And once Julia gets a career going, they can consider something else in the future. Julia agrees to this plan, but hopes that Brandon follows through and that they actually move forward. Julia says she wants to look for a job as a wedding planner or maybe a decorator or designer. And Brandon rains on her parade, saying that her English sucks. He says it's great for someone who is a non-speaking English person to another non-native English-speaking person. But he worries that it's not good enough for the U.S., especially since she doesn't write in English either. Brandon continues to rain on her parade by warning her not to ruin anyone's wedding. Julia gets defensive and asks why he can't be more supportive. Brandon points out that the designer jobs will ask her to be fluent in English, and he says that he's just trying to be realistic. They bicker back and forth as Julia shows what it would be like for her to be unsupportive of him, and he says, whatever. 
He says that he would be proud and happy if she got a good job. And she continues to give him a hard time and he desperately wants to change the subject. So he asks her how she likes her food. She tells him she will get a good job, make good money, and then move out. And Brandon asks if he can come with her. Julia says no, because he broke her dreams in a second. He insists that she looks at things uh, in a more realistic light. Julia says this is why he still lives on a farm, because he's too realistic and pretty much pessimistic. Brandon thinks she's too much of a dreamer and she needs to temper her expectations. All right, so... Now that they're starting to talk about jobs, Julia's still kind of young. We're unsure what she really has job experience doing and if she has any kind of related education. But what jobs do you think Julia could realistically do in the U.S. given her set of skills that she has demonstrated to us? Um, Well, obviously, she could she could be a dancer when the clubs reopen. Right. Yes. That that would work. She could do that. I don't I don't know that she couldn't be a designer. Like I don't understand why he thought that was completely out of reach, right? Yeah. Or at least maybe not the wedding planner themselves, but work for a wedding planner because and here's the thing I immediately thought of. He was like, But your English is bad. And I was like, But when you're designing, the final thing you produce <laughs> sure. isn't in English. It's a picture, right? Yeah. Or it's a thing that you made, right? So you don't have to speak great English and the, the English that you do, it's very descriptive. People are going to tell you what they want, what they don't. You don't have to understand like the idioms that they're using, which is all, you know, very hard for anybody learning another language, the idioms that people use. Um, you don't have to use like subtle differences in meaning. You know, it's going to be like, I want tulips and I want lilies over here. I want, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want orange as our color. Like those are things that are easy to understand. Um, now I don't know that she has the background to actually get a job. Like I don't know, she has a port, she has no portfolio or anything like that. Um, but that seemed like a reasonable one. Uh, you know, anything where you know your your end product, your is you're not dealing in language, right? You're dealing with a, a different end product. Sure, I think she's a bit young and inexperienced to really do something like wedding planning. And from everything that we've seen, she has somewhat questionable taste. I think. Sure, I mean, okay, but then how do you get? I don't even know. How does one get into wedding? But what do you do to pay your dues? What do you, you do to work your way from the bottom? Apprentice with someone. So mm-hmm. you, you know, apprentice with someone who already has an established connections. Uh, kind of like, uh, you know, family Libby over there, you know, you know, vendors, uh, you know, vendors would even recommend you if you're talking about uh, venues specifically, you know, if you kind of get under that, um, you work the wedding expo circuits, things like that. Mm-hmm. You just have your name out there. You're, uh, you know, working off of recommendations, word of mouth. Um, and you apprentice no, with and people it, like that. And any kind of any kind of well, – because I mean, it was – it's tricky too because she was like – she said wedding planner and designer as if they're the same thing. Yeah. Um, like – but it's definitely for like design. Yeah. She, it, she's not too young to start but oh, it's no, one of those no. things that it takes – you know, it takes Time years and years and years before, before you're going to be actually making a, a good amount of money doing it. Right? Sure. What, no matter what you're designing. Right? And there are designers for all kinds of things. Yeah. Right? And – um. But yeah, I mean, the wedding planner is, and it's also she's trying to get into it at a time when literally nobody's having any weddings, right? Yeah, 
Right. And so, but I, there's going to be big. There's going to be big business in 2022. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I kind of wonder what the trends are for people uh, in design because I think that with the growing popularity of sites like Pinterest and Etsy, mm. like people are more likely to think that they can do it themselves. Or, you know, at least make decisions by themselves and look at Pinterest boards and get ideas. And I'm wondering how Pinterest has really affected, you know, people who have those kinds of designer jobs. Yeah. And I feel like those work for things like that. But I feel like and this is not what Julia would get into. But -hmm. like if you were like a landscape designer. Like people yeah. don't know what the hell they're doing, right? They don't know how where to add and where to grade and where to put things and like do things. Like, oh, like sure, have it, something like, like that, yeah. Right, you need an actual designer. Now, I don't know if that's what that's. I don't know if that's what she was. That's what I'm saying. She wants to design. Is like, well, design what? What is it you want to design? Like design right. florist. Do you want to be a florist? She could probably be a florist. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I don't know what it is she's thinking she's designing, especially when she paired it with. Wedding planner. Does she think she's going to be like a fashion designer? Because no, she's not going to be a fashion designer. Like they take those, <laughs> those come out of, you know, you got to actually go to fashion schools and like come out right. of there and like work in the houses and stuff. And like, and those ones you're not going to do. There's like two or three places in the country where you can be a fashion designer, right? It's pretty yeah. much like New York, LA and Miami. Like that, that's it. Um, and Miami's pushing it, right? And so I see where she's like with the big city thing. We got to go to the big city. Got to go to the big city. But ugh, I don't know. It's frustrating because she's still on this. We could live here. And it's like, no, you can't live in the casino. Like you're <laughs> yeah. not Howard Hughes. You can't. Li- you will. If we move to Vegas, we will not be here. You need to understand that. Just please understand that. Yeah, definitely. I don't think Brandon would be so upset with being in a place where alcohol was more readily available. I feel like he was kind of buzz slash drunk this whole time. I feel like he was. I feel like he doesn't drink at all at when Ron and Benny are around, right? I don't. I yeah, didn't get the impression that he did. When he was going like, and I thought it was weird too. The way it was really set up, it was so weird. The way she was like, "Would you like anything to drink?" He was like, "Yes." Yeah. So we had like a couple of cocktails, and she was like. Okay, like, I'm gonna need more information than that. <laughs> right, and then you finally get it. But like, but it's also like I don't know. I just feel like those are here are two things that I've heard of before, like Long Island that are extremely boozy. Like, yeah, yes, that's what I say. Island He's serious, right? Right. It's oh like, but it's like yeah, it's like in TV shows where people come into bars and they're like, "Give me a beer," and you're like, "What kind?" <laughs> you need more than that, buddy. Yeah. All right. So uh, that about wraps it up. We still have not seen uh, Jovi and Yara, at least on this season. Uh, yeah. But based on the previews, we'll see them next week. And we still haven't seen Cheesestick and Melissa. That's and like, we haven't I heard, seen any previews at yeah, all. I heard they were in the – like there was things they were in. So I put them down as our things. But I don't know. It might be like, – do you remember that season with Blake and Jasmine where they were like not into in it until like episode six or something? Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Well, maybe. Who knows? Uh, all right. So who was your student of the week? I went with a Swaylu. I did um, too. <laughs> just, I mean, we went, I, I said he's, he might be faking it, but it's a, it's a fake yeah. it till you make it. He does, he is doing, at least for right now, doing what's supposed to be done. Right. I agree. Uh, so I thought the same thing in that, yeah, maybe his intentions or... 
you know, whatever, his true thoughts and feelings about it may be different than his actions. They're not quite aligned, but he's doing the right things. So that's something. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay, what what about your dunce? See, I went I went off main cast because I I hate Charlie so much. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I hate that guy. I, I, I all, and it's funny because every time like they bring on people, right? They bring on people. There's people that you just love to hate. That's part of the heart of the charm of his show mm-hmm. is people that you love to hate. But I think I hate Charlie more than anybody else. She's like, what That's do you think about this guy? I think fuck him. That's what I think. Ugh. <laughs> He does seem just like a idiot, like I don't oh, know. He's, an, he's just Neanderthal he's just, type. The, he's just he drives me. It's the, the 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 type of person that is an idiot that's so confident that they're smarter than everybody else. Yeah, sure. And you're just like, oh god, and man, better guy. than everyone else, and too. better than everybody else. Yeah, better yeah. than everybody else. Yeah, I think in the end, like Andre and Charlie are kind of cut from the same cloth. They are, but I, I, I don't know. I, I still prefer Andre um, because I don't know. I, I just and it's just because like I mean Charlie's just like a cokehead, man. Like he's uh, ugh. Ugh. yeah. I really well, don't like that guy. Other set of issues. That's a whole other set of issues. But yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully we won't see him too many more times. Otherwise, that'll be your dunce of the week. They drag out Andre versus Charlie this whole oh, time. God. They're gonna be like, all right. So we're gonna see them every week. You have you have to make Charlie work with Andre. Like, that's the thing. God. Like, yeah, I know, right? Okay, so my dunce is actually Brandon. I agree with Julia. He was incredibly unsupportive. Like, as soon as she told him, he's, like, raining on her parade. Like, well, your English kind of sucks. And, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to get a job. Like, you know, are you sure? And he's like, I'm just trying to be realistic. And it's just kind of like, all she right, doesn't well. She doesn't need you to be realistic. Especially at this moment. Yeah. You know how she'll find out when she, that she can't get a job? When she doesn't get a job. Yeah. Like, she'll figure it out on her own, like, soon enough. It's fine. You don't have to, you don't have to tell her. You don't have to, you don't have to rain on that parade right now. Yeah. You know, you can be like, oh, that's a good idea. Now, what, what are some other things? I want you to have a lot of options. So we should right. think of, like, a bunch exactly. of other stuff we could do, too. Like, Right. More <laughs> options. He definitely could have framed it that way. Oh, my gosh. Idiot. All right. What about your life lesson? Uh, my life lesson goes uh, way back, all the way to Tiffany. Um, is that it's a it's a it's a common one we see. Uh, therapists charge a lot less money per hour than than lawyers do. So <laughs> yeah, true, right? Don't go to your divorce lawyer to to be your therapist. Um, yeah. and that's like it was to me. She clearly needed a therapist, and she was talking to a lawyer instead. Like, yeah, that is actually like, really true. Right. It is. I feel like, and the lawyer knew it too. And I'm. Yes. Bless the lawyer, right? Because because that's yeah. good for him to not just take the money and be like, "Well, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I'll I'll listen to you rant." Like, you know, uh, you know, don't fight over the microwave or whatever it is, right? But like, um, you know, spending seven, eight, nine hundred, a thousand dollars to decide who gets the hundred fifty dollar microwave, mm-hmm. um, right? But you know, he that's what his, his it was his first consultation, and he seemed like a, a good pro because you feel like if they come in there and he's like, "So tell me what's wrong with your marriage," and you'd be like, "We're getting divorced." Like that's that's what he's looking for. Like yeah. our marriage is over. I don't like. Tell me about why you feel like that. And he's like, "No." Right. It was right? super unclear as a divorce lawyer for a really long time because she just like went about this in a very weird way of explaining right. her situation. And I, I, I think he's a pro enough to know that like, please come back when you're sure you want a divorce because you're not sure you want a divorce yet. Um, yeah. And you're just going to waste your money with me. 
Yeah, very true. And we've had some bizarre lawyers on this show. We have. Like just that, in guy, that guy looked like a professional. Yeah, we didn't have a lawyer Lou. Or like right, that. right. Okay. Uh, my life lesson actually is also uh, inspired by Ronald and Tiffany. Uh, Ronald specifically, because he seemed to think that all he needed was to be with them in order to exert his role as head of household. Yeah. So, I know, right? And he said that. So, you can't expect to have a traditional household where you are the man of the house if you aren't holding up your end of the role and financially providing. And I am not saying that they should have a traditional household, but it's like you can't pick and choose the things that you want from, you know, these cultural, like, structures if you're not willing to go all in on it. Right. right. Well, you can't I mean, just that, pick that and choose what you want. That traditional structure is, well, I make the money, so I call the shots. So it yeah. can't be like, well, you make the money, but I'm calling the shots because I'm the man. Right. It's like, no, nope, yeah. nope, that's not the way it works. That's not how it works. Yeah. So. I mean, not that I think, not that I think in any way I make the money, so I call the shots should be part of any right. relationship. I don't think that's a, that's a recipe for success either. It yeah. definitely has to be a partnership and a, a teamwork. Yeah, agreed. And they, I mean, they do have a very non-traditional structure, which is fine, you know, but you yeah. can't just sit there and be misogynist about the whole thing. Right, right. I mean, it's just and it, it, we've seen that before is just certain people like they kind of, you know, oh, go well, along Andre. and they have a partnership and they have a just and then at the end of the day, they're just like, well, I'm losing this argument. So I'm the and they just pull out the I'm the I'm man, the man in the, head of the household. I said so. Yeah. yeah, Andre was like that. I mean, he wasn't even making any money. He was the stay-at-home dad, which is fine, but right. then he's trying to make it so like, well, he's in charge. He's the man of the house. I call. Like, nobody calls I feel, yeah, I definitely feel like yeah. no it's hard to make a relationship work where one person feels like they call the shots. Yeah. Instead of being like mm, we make decisions together. Right. Okay, so uh, we will be back next week because this season is just getting started. Uh, We will have a classic episode up. I think we're almost done with our Before the 90 Day Season 1. And then, okay, so I have Hulu and apparently Hulu decided to, uh, I don't know. I don't even think it was Hulu's decision, but Hulu isn't going to have any 90 Day Fiance stuff after May 4th, which is what, Tuesday? Which is two. Yeah, it's Two Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, because it's yeah. all being transferred to Discovery trying Plus. To us, trying to get us to pay for Discovery Plus. I haven't paid for Discovery Plus yet. I haven't either. Not, not. Try, I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to either, but I feel like it's not gonna last. I don't want to have to pay for agreed fifty different streaming services for every channel that I watch. Sometimes it's just ugh. honestly just as bad as cable. Like I thought I was saving some money by moving over to Sling, but mm-hmm. you know I had to buy Hulu, and now I have Handmaid's Tale, so I'll probably keep Hulu at least for another couple months. Now I got to buy another one. It's like oh my gosh, it's basically the same price as cable again. Yep, it, it totally is. Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, enough of our rants on that. We will see you all next week then. That's right. Okay. Okay, see you then. Bye. Okay, bye.